The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. 10 to 9, you're with SFM 104 to 107. And uh, talking about Trevor Noah, I'm not sure if you're aware, but he's just been nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Comedy Album. So uh, we wish him all the very, very best on that one and hope that it goes through even better still. So a while ago, may have been about a year and a bit, um, I read a great book, uh, really quite quite disturbing but actually also quite funny about how um, about Cecil John Rhodes and him being I suppose uh, a case against Cecil John Rhodes uh, Cecil John Rhodes in court and the case against him was what he had done to Africa as well and it was a really brilliant um, brilliant like brilliant read and just a, a smart read as well. Well, the author has come up with a new book. Professor Adekayo Adebayo is a senior research fellow at um, the University of Pretoria Centre for the Advancement of Scholarship in South Africa. He's written a bunch of books. His latest book is published by Jakarta, and it's called Global Africa, Profiles in Courage, Creativity and Cruelty. What it is, is a series of essays which um, the prof has written about different people in the diaspora of Africa. So it's a hundred essays. It's written over mostly the um, last uh, post-apartheid three decades. And it profiles a a bunch of different pan-African figures, uh, mostly from Africa, but some of the diaspora in the Americas as well. And there are some fantastic reads and surprising reads, information that I didn't know. So it's been, some of the essays are really, really very, very exciting. Prof, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Good morning. So let's look at Global Africa. I suppose what uh, is is interesting about the, well, there's lots that's interesting about it, but is the diversity of characters that you've managed to research over, I imagine, many, many years. Some of them are essays, and all of them are essays that you've written, but some of them are essays that we would have seen even here in local newspapers, in the Johannesburg Book Review, in uh, Business Day. Tell us a little bit about the choice of characters that you made for Global Africa. Thank you very much. Um, Well, these are uh, subjects that interested me over many years. But I think what ties them together is the fact that many of these are figures based on the struggle of Africa itself over four centuries of slavery and colonialism, and then mirroring that are the struggles in the Caribbean for independence and the American civil rights struggle. Um, And I look at global Africa, the concept, is from a Kenyan academic called Ali Mazrui, which talks about the global Africa as a diaspora of Africa. So Africa is 1.4 billion people, but there's a 250 million diaspora based uh, in America, in the Caribbean, and also in the Black Indian Ocean. So that's basically how to situate the figures in this book. You situate them as well, and more specifically, for example, as historical figures, political figures, writers, activists, and the list goes on. And I'll I'll come to a couple of those chapters. I I was interested that you you include the likes of Cecil John Rhodes as a historical figure 
given that one doesn't really think of him as part of, well, certainly he's part of the cruelty profile, but not necessarily otherwise. Yes, um, I was myself a Rhodes Scholar (laughs) many years ago, and he's a figure that has always interested me. I mean, you can't ignore Cecil Rhodes in terms of the history of Africa, because he was the most important and most powerful symbol of British colonialism. And we know that two countries, Southern Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe, and Northern Rhodesia, Zambia, were named after him. Uh, And we know that he helped to build the British Empire and his ideology was one of the most powerful with the British South Africa Company. So the novella that you talk about, The Trial of Cecil Rhodes, is also a Pan-African novella which tries to look at uh, and make Rhodes realize that Africa has its own glory and majesty, which he basically desecrated. So this looks at the good, the bad and the ugly of Africa and its (laughs) diaspora. Yeah, let's uh, stay a little bit with the ugly because you write three very interesting uh, essays. The one is about uh, Mobutu Seko from Zaire. And of course, it immediately started to make me think of Muhammad Ali, who you cover later on in the book as well. Um, yes. And it, it just made me think of that great, great uh, When We Were Kings, the documentary about Muhammad Ali yes. in Zaire. And the other Absolutely. one is about Idi Amin, the making of a warrior god. And yes. the Idi Amin uh, column, if one wants to call it, or opinion piece, is interesting because yes. you frame it through the, um, through the film, The Last King of Scotland. Yes. And I really, yes. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed how you you signed the the the, the character in via another mm. narrative or a cultural narrative or a creative narrative. Talk to us about doing that throughout the book. Yes, I I think it's you know w- what I did here, as you said, many of them are based on newspaper articles, articles, and things like the Johannesburg Review of Books. And I want to do a book of lively essays. I wanted Mm. to that are readable and part of popular culture also, not a dry academic book. Of course, it's based on rigorous research. But Mm. um, I thought it was interesting to mix popular culture. So I look at music. I look at sporting figures as well. And what I did in terms of the... um, Idi Amin, I also did with Jesse Owens, who was, of course, the African-American athlete who who won um, four Olympic gold medals at the Berlin Olympics in 1936 and sport Adolf Hitler's party. And that was also based on a wonderful movie called Race, which plays on, obviously, the ideas of both his race and him running a race. So, and I actually look at film figures as well, like Sidney Poitier and uh, the Oscar-winning uh, actor and Cynthia Erivo, who was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, so the idea is to kind of hook this to popular culture and things that people are familiar with, movies people may have seen. 
and also cultural icons like Bob Marley in mm. Jamaica and Fela and Nicolak Bokuti in Nigeria. So it tries to range very widely across, as you've noted, both historical and political topics, but also music and sporting figures and public intellectuals as well. Including the likes of the gorgeous Asa and, of course, Bernaboye as well. So you really do cover the, the likes of it. You know, um, Prof, I am deeply interested in the, the narrative of Ethiopia and ha- as it's played out perhaps over the last um, decade or so. And there's a very interesting uh, a article or, or piece around Abi Ahmed, who is Ethiopia's uh, yes. Nobel Prize winner, but he's also, as you call him, an intellectual soldier. The challenge, of yes. course, in the writing of these is when you wrote them and how things, how quickly geopolitics change. So yes. if, if we think about Ethiopia and the huge issues of what is going on in Tigray, the fact that one can't even go up to the great heritage of Lalibela anymore because of the danger that uh, it, uh, it, it means to go into that area. Those kinds of things are, are also difficult for someone to put um, these pieces down because they're of a time. Yes. I mean, I think the Abbey Ahmed, fortunately, has not dated. I wrote it, of course, around the time he won the Nobel Peace Laureate and uh, the Nobel Peace Prize, rather. And that was rather controversial at the time because already many of these divisions were appearing within the country and these were years away uh, from the Tigray War starting. But In my writing, I think I had warned about some of these Mm, dangers. Absolutely. I I described both him and uh, his predecessor, Meles Zenawi, as kind of intellectual autocrats. So I think the warnings and the danger had been there. And of course, as you've noted, Ethiopia is a hugely complicated Mm. country of over 100 million people. Uh, second in population only to Nigeria and many, many different nationalities and a 30-year war between 1961 and 1991. So I think I kind of try to anticipate some of the issues. (laughs) I don't think the article is dated. But I imagine that it is a challenge for you given how, how quickly things do change as well. Absolutely. But, you know, when you're trying to capture the zeitgeist, uh, you're also wanting to give people a flavor of how things were at a particular Mm. moment in history. And that's what I've also tried to reflect here. Talking about a particular um, time in history, I was fascinated by the Wallace Yinka versus Caroline Davis, the CIA controversy article. Yes. Um, I, I had not been aware of just how in-depth that process had been. I'd always heard about those uh, CIA cultural uh, engagements, if one wants to put it that yes. way. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that, because I think it's it, it really does highlight the fact that this is a great article, I mean, a great book to kind of learn new stuff about our continent, but also globally about our diaspora. Well, as part of the Cold War with the Soviet Union, the America's Central Intelligence Agency basically set up and funded a lot of 
cultural organizations, not just in Africa, but all over the world. Uh, but the allegation that Carolyn Davis makes is that the U.S. funded many of the most prominent African writers of this age, you know, Walesho Inkache, Nyuachebe, Eskem Palele, and many of those first-generation African writers basically uh, went to uh, writers' festivals, etc. But the allegation is even more serious in the case of Walesho Inkache because what Caroline Davis alleges is that they basically handpicked Walesho Inka and funded plays for him in London and uh, festivals all over the world and basically contributed to making him the great writer. He, of course, later went on to win the Nobel Literature Prize in 1986 as the first African to do it. But that's basically what the Americans were doing as part of their cultural Cold War, if you want, with the Soviet Union. So it's quite fascinating that the U.S. in a way would paradoxically build an indigenous African kind of writers and cultural uh, series. Prof. Adekai Adebayo, thank you so much for joining us. The book is called Global Africa Profiles Encourage Creativity and Cruelty. It's a thick book, but I'll tell you what, the great thing about it is you can just move through different chapters as you like, different narratives of different people. Fascinating. You want to learn more about the world? This is a book to get. Running late, we apologize.